0: It's time. John Gruden's our guest head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. JT the Brick, great talking to you. Hope you're well, man. It's time. Well, you know how we want to play,
1: JT. You know me probably better than anybody out there. It's time for the JT the Brick Show. We're going to play old school football. JT the Brick on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Can't wait to play in that stadium and get this party started. You got no idea.
0: Here's your host, JT the Brick. JT, hour number two as we continue here on Raider Nation Radio. 9.20 a.m. schedule release day. As I always call it, Christmas in May. Uh, Schedule officially coming out here in a couple of hours. But there's a lot out there already for the league. The league put out Monday Night Football, so we all got the good news. Which we're excited about. The opener of Allegiant Stadium will be dramatic. It will be amazing. It will be the Ravens. On Monday Night Football. We're brought to you by Remy Martin Team Up for Excellence. When I'm talking X's and O's or schedule release, I'm talking about a Remy Martin cocktail in my hand. Remy Martin Team Up for Excellence. So let's get into the Ravens for a second here on Monday night, September 13th. There's a couple of great things that I love about this game. First off, the number one thing, it's the only Monday Night Football game. It's not the typical Raiders get buried. With that second game on Monday Night Football, they get buried on the West Coast and everybody on the East Coast is sleeping. They are. They're not watching two Monday Night Football games. And the Raiders now get a primetime game right out of the gate at Allegiant Stadium, Monday Night Football to open up the stadium. This is massive. This is exactly what the league wanted. I've been talking about this for weeks. I thought that the Raiders would get multiple primetime games. And the big one would be the Ravens. Now, I didn't know if it would be Monday night or Sunday night, but I think the Ravens and the Chiefs are clearly the two biggest home games of the year, and the Raiders get the Ravens right out of the gate. That's what I also like. I love the fact that the Raiders get the Ravens early. They're a very good team. They're a playoff team. They're a Super Bowl contender. Now, again, they've been gouged a little bit on the defensive side of the ball. They got a better defense than the Raiders. They always have one of the best defensive cultures in football. But for the Raiders to get them early as they travel and they're out here and they don't play much in the preseason. Look, I don't expect Lamar Jackson to play much in the preseason, nor do I expect Derek Carr to play a lot. But this is a game where the Raiders get a team they can jump on at home in an insane environment, absolutely bonkers, And there'll be some Raven fans out here, but there won't be an army of Raven fans. It's too late for them to get out here in September and think that they're going to take over and buy more tickets than they wanted to. So I don't see that happening. Excuse me. So I love the matchup. I love the matchup early. And that is clearly a game that I believe the Raiders can steal at home as an underdog at home against a really good team. So everybody should be excited about that. And that'll be a big-time game against an opponent that is better than the Raiders and has been on paper, but the Raiders will catch him at home on Monday night. It'll be a lunatic frenzy in that building, and Lamar Jackson should not be able to hear himself. He's never been in the building. It's tough to play in a building you've never played in. And look, I, I know I'm stretching here and trying to come up with the positives for the Raiders in this game, but I would much rather – see the Raiders play the Ravens in week one instead of week seven, eight, nine, ten when the Ravens' ground game is rolling and if Lamar Jackson is on pace to be an MVP again. All right, so I love that game, and I think that game makes a lot of sense, and everybody should celebrate it. I mean, fans are going crazy today when that was announced, when Fox put out their schedule and CBS put out their schedule week one, and a lot of fans realized that the Raiders were going to be a part of Monday Night Football when they put that schedule out and released that. So what do you think? What do you think of the game? What do you think of the matchup and a primetime game? I think that the NFL, I really do, is going to be favorable to the Raiders going forward with Vegas and Allegiant Stadium in the schedule. I really do. If the Raiders can prove that they're competitive, if they're a playoff contender coming up here, which they should, they were a playoff contender last year, that the Raiders will be rewarded with big primetime games in Vegas because the NFL wants to be in Vegas on primetime. And they sent that message right out of the gate. Right out of the gate, they sent that message. So I think that is fantastic, and Raider fans should be thrilled about that. Now, Monday Night Football, in general, is a big game. That is a big game, and a lot of Raider fans understand that. It is a massive game. And to get that right out of the gate, ESPN PR put out uh, this morning, the 2021 Monday Night Football Slate begins with the Ravens at the Raiders on ESPN and ABC September 13th. And multiple NFL schedule specials will be on tonight on TV later on tonight. And that will be really great. So good news. I'm, I'm fired up about this. When I found out about it this morning, I couldn't wait to lead with it this hour. Raiders hosting Baltimore week one on that Monday night football release. The full schedule is released, and we know what happens here, you know, right after we wrap up the show. So, of course, there are a lot of leakers out there. There's a lot of people leaking the schedule. I don't leak the schedule. I haven't done that. I will not do that on the flagship of an NFL team. But there's enough information out there from the leakers and the network partners that have put out one game. And then the New York Post put out the full schedule for the Giants today. Right? The New York Post put out the full schedule, sources say. So there's a lot of people out there leaking and putting this out there, especially here in this market. But I'm not going to do that. I'll let the NFL do it at the right time. Raider Nation, if you got a pretty good idea of what this schedule looks like and you want to... Kind of talk about it on Twitter amongst yourself, at JT the Brick on Twitter, if we can get into the schedule and get a good vibe for what's going to happen here. A lot of people are obviously talking about Thanksgiving. That's something that I've been talking about for months, about the Raiders and the opportunity to play Dallas on Thanksgiving, which is great too, and that's all over the internet, and a lot of people are excited about that which is unique. The whole country gets to see the silver and black. But I wanted to concentrate, at least to kick off this hour, with Monday Night Football and what it means to you. You know, I know friends of mine who have in their wallet already, in their digital wallet, their season tickets for Monday Night Football. And depending on what we're doing, as the local flagship station, and you can hear us all the time, and on game day especially, on the pregame show, that'll be pretty special. For me, that will be as a Raiders broadcaster in a sense of pre- and post-game and what I've done in the past, that is going to be a bucket list for me. To be in the building, Monday night football, as the torch is lit and that game starts and it's the only game on Monday night football which makes it so much better. The fact that Raiders will be in prime time and the rest of the country won't be saying, hey, let's watch the second game the second game in Vegas, if we want to or not. And if the first game's really good, most of the country just turns it off and says, hey, we're checked out, we're done. Now, Lamar Jackson's a hell of a player. John Harbaugh's a heck of a coach. Wink Martindale's a heck of a defensive coordinator. The Raiders will have their hands full. But what will be really important here is the edge rush of former Raven Yannick Ngakwe coming off the edge, which I think is going to be really important. And then on top of that, I think the other big storyline is going to be the improved defense with Gus Bradley and the ability to keep Lamar Jackson at bay from running. And that would be Corey Littleton. Littleton in that game, that becomes his biggest game of the year right out of the gate. A mobile linebacker who can shed blocks hopefully better this year and keep Lamar Jackson in his sights. If he's able to do that, then I think that'll be a big deal in that game. You know, the Ravens receivers have never scared me much. It's not like you look at the Ravens receivers like back in the day and you say, wow, we got to worry about one or two guys. They don't have brilliant receivers, and Lamar Jackson is not a brilliant passer deep downfield, but he's a runner, and he's the type of guy that can take off on Monday Night Football and gouge you for a couple hundred yards. So some of the other news here, again, top headline, top headline. As we come to you this hour, Ravens Raiders on Monday Night Football, part of the Week 1 slate that was released. And Week 1 is really interesting to me because we get that Monday night game. And then some of the other games that I think are really unique is that September 9th, which is Thursday Night Football, the Cowboys open up at the Buccaneers. So that'll be a special game as the Buccaneers, uh, Buccaneers raise their championship flag. Tom Brady versus Dak Prescott on Thursday night. That is not friendly to the Cowboys. Jerry Jones is probably not thrilled with that. He'd be thrilled with it if the game was in Dallas, but the game is in Tampa, and Tampa deserves that game. So that is a monster Thursday night game. Then on Sunday, some of the marquee games that jump out at me are Steelers at Bills. This is Sunday, September 12th. Steelers at Bills, Seahawks at Colts, Here's a good one. The Browns at the Chiefs. So that's an AFC matchup with two potential playoff teams. And the Browns could start and should start the season technically 0-1, but I'm sure the Browns are thrilled to get Kansas City week one. When you're playing Kansas City, when you're playing Tampa Bay, you want to get them right out of the gate week one when they didn't play in preseason, and there could be some rust there. Uh, Broncos of the AFC West travel week one. They play the Giants. That's a game I think the Broncos can win. The Giants are improved. Uh, The Jets are at the Panthers. That's an interesting game because that'll be Sam Darnold, quarterback for the Panthers, taking on his old team. Dolphins travel to the Patriots week one. Really big divisional matchup. Packers are at the Saints. So we don't know what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers, but assuming if he is there, that'll be a pretty good matchup. Packers at the Saints. Urban Meyer makes his debut with Trevor Lawrence. Jaguars open up at the Texans. Texans are probably the worst team in football, even though the Jaguars got the first pick, so that'd be a good opportunity for the Jaguars to go 1-0. Chargers are at Washington. That's interesting. So L.A. opens up the year with a massively long road trip, taking on the Washington football team. And then the Bears are at the Rams. Sunday night, Bears at the Rams. And remember, that'll be the opening with fans at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. And then the marquee matchup will be the Ravens at the Raiders, as we said, on Monday Night Football. So, Raider Nation, how is that going to feel? The first week, week one, which starts on Thursday. And every Raider fan is going to be waiting till Monday night. Wow. Waiting till Monday night. So, you'll have a full slate on the casino corridor here in Vegas to watch games on Thursday college football and then have the opportunity to watch all day football on Sunday into Sunday night and then an all day tailgate party into the biggest event the biggest event in the history of Las Vegas no doubt last year it was pretty special Mrs. Davis lit the torch for the Saints at the Raiders but no fans in the building was eerie was different and it didn't have that type of feel and now the Raiders get rewarded with a marquee game on Monday Night Football in front of their fans, a sold-out house, after hopefully the concerts, everything that happens in the preseason, and that day, that Monday, is going to explode right here in Sin City. From Allegiant Stadium to the parking lots to inside to what's going to happen on Sunday night, I'm sure there's going to be a lot that we have going on with radio remotes leading up to that game and weekend coverage here, and especially... All-day Monday coverage on Raider Nation Radio from morning drive all the way into our shows right into the game on Monday Night Football with the pregame show, depending on where we're going to be in the stadium, which we have some exciting news hopefully about that, where we'll be broadcasting the pregame show. Oh, man. I love it. So that's what we're doing. We're talking about schedule release, a couple of conversations, and then I'm out the door heading over to the Mike Davis celebration of life, his memorial service. Uh, he's one of the great Raiders of all time, two-time Super Bowl champion, Red Wright 88. Uh, today's a very important day for the Raiders here in Vegas, the Davis family, not only Mark Davis, but Mike Davis says we say goodbye to him today, even though he's passed on a while ago here tonight. and uh, Today is the celebration for him, so I'm looking forward to seeing some Raider alumni and some Raiders staff today on what is going to be a day where a lot of Raider Nation have a heavy heart. Because Mike Davis went made one of the greatest plays in Raiders history, jumping the route from Brian Sipe to Ozzie Newsom in what some people say is the coldest game of all time with wind chill in Cleveland, gave the Raiders an opportunity as a wild card team to win that game and then go to San Diego, beat Dan Fouts and the Chargers, then go on to win Super Bowl fifteen against Dick Vermeil, Ron Jaworski, and the Philadelphia Eagles in New Orleans gave the Raiders their second Super Bowl ch- title, and Mike Davis had a lot to do with it. If Mike Davis doesn't intercept that pass, Cleveland wins with a field goal. Next thing you know, it's Cleveland playing San Diego, and either San Diego or Cleveland win, I think, the Super Bowl over the Eagles. If one of those teams win, if Mike Davis doesn't jump the route of Ozzie Newsom with Red Ride 88, We're talking about a Charger team and a Brown team that both has never won the Super Bowl, probably winning a Super Bowl, and the Raiders don't have uh, their second. So celebrate and have a uh, cocktail or a beer tonight for Mike Davis and celebrate this schedule as people are looking online and the leakers are out. But I'll keep it on the up and up here. We'll talk about what's coming up. Also, and obviously, it's out there, Thanksgiving. That's been released by every website. Everybody's got that. So we'll talk about the Thanksgiving game and what it means and the possibility for the Raiders in primetime. Today is a celebration. I'm excited about it. Today, everybody should celebrate the fact that the Raiders are playing on Monday Night Football. The league did the Raiders right after four primetime games last year where the Raiders lost the opportunity to Put on a show in front of their fans and got flexed out of the Tampa Bay game. Lost the Drew Brees game in front of fans. The league did the right thing. Giving Mark Davis and this organization a Monday night game with nobody else. The stage is set for Allegiant Stadium Monday Night Football Week 1 as the Ravens take on the Silver and Black. I'm jumping through the roof about this. I love it. I love big events. I love primetime. And the Raiders will have a few primetime games, but I don't think any bigger than Monday night football where this community will come together and it will be a tremendous celebration. Raiders hosting the Ravens right here. How cool is that to say on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. We want to get excited about this. If you want to tweet in at JT the Brick on anything with the schedule, and I'll be talking about it later on tonight on Mad Dog Sports Radio, the full schedule release. Big show for me tonight nationally as we go through every Monday night game, Sunday night game, the Raider bye week and what the bye week will mean to the team and the degree of difficulty with the schedule, which I can tell you looks like a schedule that is, as always, pretty difficult, especially early, and the Raiders are going to have to navigate through it. No excuses. No excuses. They know who they have. The Raider coaches know the schedule. They know what's in front of them. And the Raider Nation will be ready to support them at home at Allegiant Stadium as we continue on Raider Nation Radio. Brought to you by P.T.'s. Best happy hour in town. Hey, go watch the schedule release today at P.T.'s for happy hour. What a mix today. Go sit there. Have your phone open. Take notes. Watch the schedule release at P.T.'s. And enjoy their half off drink specials from 5 to 7 and midnight to 2. JT, as we continue, schedule release on Raider Nation Radio.
1: Now Duran, driving it left, floater over Vucevic, and it's good for Kevin Duran, and Chicago wants a timeout. Giannis against Thornwell, DiVincenzo back to Giannis on a
0: roll to the rim and he scores. Kurt Heelan joins us from Pro Basketball Talk at Basketball Talk NBC and the job he does at Pro Basketball Talk. I think he's one of the best NBA insiders, period. And Kurt, before you came on, I was asking, are we not ready for the play-in tournament? Is it just too young, confusing? Most fans didn't grow up with it, so we're going to need a couple of years to understand the format and how important it is?
1: Uh, It might be that way. I think for, uh, especially casual fans, I think it's going to take a little bit just to catch on with the idea. But I think it's also, for the league, like internally, they feel it's done its job, which is actually make the end of the regular season have meaning. Like, you know... Lakers are playing right now as we talk, and it matters whether they win or lose as they try to avoid the play in tournament and get into the sixth seed. But I think it's going to take a couple of years for fans to really grasp hey, you, you really got to be in the top six if you want, you know, get like a week off if you do that. And you get to, if you're a team like Utah trying to get Donovan Mitchell healthy or something, that's huge.
0: Yeah, I think that is really important. The, the added time off for the teams that aren't in that position, but the ability to reward teams that had sub-500 seasons and give them a one-and-done scenario that they could get a miracle to get into this thing. Because as it resets after the 7-8 game, 9-10 game, and then we reset to one through eight, you're going to be talking about a team this time around that could be really unique when we're talking about the Golden State Warriors, the Lakers, however this plays out. There's a chance. I don't think the Warriors can run the table, but the Lakers in the play-in game, I could see them not only running the table in the West, but winning the overall championship, and that would be special to LeBron if he could pull that off.
1: It absolutely would be. It'd be. Uh, it's a little unprecedented. It's a little bit of a strange year, right? Like normally, you'd be like a ah, seven seed, and that's part of the point behind this. That it's not really generally most years going to move the needle on the set. The seven seeds don't win. The the NBA is a chalk league, like the, especially mm-hmm. for the last three decades like you, we know who's going to be good midway through the season if not before it starts frankly um this year has just been different because of injuries because of covid because of, of everything in the condensed schedule you're get that first that, that first playing game in the west is lining up to be golden state versus the lakers they probably both get through but if that's the first one i mean that's going to get huge ratings and you're right i think there's something to be, if Phoenix is a seventh seed, like, hey, congratulations on your awesome season. Here's LeBron. Have fun. Like, that's, just, that's not exactly the reward you were hoping for.
0: Kurt Heelan joins us. Is it fair to say that LeBron is kind of typical to a lot of players this year who were injured and could play, but they choose not to? That didn't happen back in the day. If you could go, if you were 80%, 90%, you played. I would assume that LeBron's 80 or 90%, but not 100%. So he sits out another game, and he makes over $540,000 a game. And no one in L.A. cares if he wins a championship, but that's a big number. How did you describe this season, this regular season, of all the injuries and players who just decided to take more time off until they got closer to 100%? I've never seen anything like it before this year.
1: The league has moved over the last few years, though, JT, towards like, hey, no four games in five nights, fewer back-to-backs, we're going to build rest into this into the schedule so that you're not doing this, especially for nationally televised games or, or you know, these big games. We're going to make this happen. We're going to also – and it's also just – I don't care if we're talking basketball or hockey or football or, you know, baseball, whatever. There's more injuries in the second half of every professional sports season or college sports season just because guys' bodies wear down a little bit, right? Like, guys, it's, just, it's a long grind. Guys' bodies wear down and there's injuries – this season, with the condensed schedule and jamming in the 82 games, there's a lot more guys just making sure they're they're all the way back, they're 100%, or taking some time off, because there just isn't the same rest built into the schedule for guys. So they're not – the league's also not putting the same – some of the same, but it's not quite the same, hey, you better play, man. It's national television type of pressure on these guys, because there's been – I mean, they <laughs> – Look, they want James Harden and LeBron James and, and Donovan Mitchell and all these guys back for the playoffs.
0: Kurt Hillen is our guest as we continue taking a look at the postseason and what lies in front of us. I thought Nikola Jokic had this thing wrapped up in his number one status games played. So he's played 68 games as we go forward looking at the number. That is distinctly different than the players that he's yep. played eight to ten to twelve to fifteen more games with, twenty six point four points a game, ten point eight rebounds, and the assist for a big man, almost a triple double, eight point five. Jokic, but I'll tell you, Kurt, this is this curry run was incredible to me. I really yeah. think he made a run at the MVP, but I have him coming up short. How do you see it? Exactly that way. I look Jokic has kind of had
1: this thing and there was some question when Jamal Murray went down like, you know, if, if the Nuggets come apart at the seams, how much does this hurt Jokic's case? And it's kind of been the opposite. I mean, they've struggled a little bit the lot, uh, a couple games recently. But in general, they, they are, they've, they've been really good since Murray went down. You know, to, uh, Michael Porter Jr. stepped up, and they, they've had some big games. So um, that's, that's sealed it for him. He's going to win. I'm with you. Curry is going to finish. Well, I, you know, Just talking to other voters and personally looking at the numbers and stuff, Curry's going to finish in the top four. It's going to be Curry, Giannis, Embiid, and and you know Jokic will win. Then it's Curry, Giannis, Embiid in. I I don't know what order. Frankly, I'm not totally sure what order I'm putting them in on my ballot yet. And then and then I you know fifth is going to be a little more wide open. But I think those four guys are are two through four, or those three guys are two through four in some order.
0: Kurt Heelan's our guest. So this is interesting because I think this is an important vote, and if uh, Jokic wins it, it's tremendous because he wins it during a pandemic. He puts up big numbers with so many legendary players yeah. in the prime of his career. Let's move to the Celtics and the injury. When you look at the Celtics now, what is happening within the organization from Danny Ainge to Stevens? The fans, when, when you have a serious injury at the end of a year with Brown done for the season, the, with that wrist injury – What's on the horizon for this organization that should have won by now a world championship with this coach because of all the tradable assets they had and the draft picks and they just didn't seem to nail it. And they have two all-stars. How do you see it?
1: Yeah, there's some pressure to make some changes there. And I know that, you know, there are Celtics fans calling for Brad Stevens' head. I would be shocked if that happens. In fact, it's a pretty stable organization. Isn't that
0: insane? What you just said, and you're right. Can yeah, you I believe know. that? That guy is such a great coach. He could get any job he wanted. And there are some guys there eating a bowl of chowder, screaming in Boston that they want a new coach. I can't believe it.
1: Yeah, exactly. It, it is. It is. Uh, it, yeah. If look, if he's let go, uh, not 29 other teams, but 25 other teams. Would be knocking down his door to get him. He is he is still a very good coach, and he's still still well respected by players around the league. So like, they, he's not going anywhere. The Boston doesn't isn't a team that makes like radical shake up changes. But if this keeps happening, like it's easy to go well. It was weird. It was a it was a you know the bubble year, and oh this was that condensed season, seventy two games. You know we had an injury. At some point this team. It, there's got to be real pressure on Danny Ainge. It's got to start there. With all due respect to, you can question the job Brad Stevens has done in some ways, this roster wasn't ready. And they let, you mentioned it. They had all those tradable assets. How you know, much would you like to have Terry Rozier back right about now? I mean, how want you, that's a, on, on a contract you'd much rather have than the Kemba Walker contract. He, he, there's a lot of Kyrie Irving left for basically nothing. A lot of stuff just happened out there where they didn't, they had that huge trade exception from Gordon Hayward, and you've got uh, you know Evan Fournier. Like it just, they haven't taken great care of their assets, and and some of that's got to fall to Danny Ainge. I, to me, the problems in Boston are far more about roster construction than coaching.
0: Kurt Hill, and finally, I'm sensing the Bucks. I'm sensing the Bucks understand now what's at stake, and they're really gelling now. <laughs> Giannis, Middleton, the rest of that unit there, Holiday. They're playing at a level where I'm very impressed. I'm impressed and they got my attention yeah. again. I'm not a believer in Philadelphia as the one seed. I think the Nets have been flawed the entire year. We know that to be accurate. And I, I just like overall what I'm seeing with the Bucks here. What do you see with them? Do you think they have a chance to flip the switch and win a championship? You know, it's funny. As I, I
1: think of them a little like the Clippers right now, where there's mm-hmm. nights I watch them and I'm like, man. That's it. That that team, the team that won five in a row and beat Brooklyn twice and what without Harden or not, it doesn't matter. They've played well. They, like you said, they have gelled. They've come together. Drew Holiday makes a huge difference for them as a guy who can just you trust to make big plays and the right play and clutch moments plus he's better defensively. Just I like the way they're put together. And then they go out and get thumped by like San Antonio. And the Clippers do the same thing. You start to believe in them and you're like watching the game, and you're like, what the what was what was that? The the consistency isn't always there. Uh, Both of those teams launch a lot of threes, and that sometimes has something to do with it. Um, But to me, they've got a real chance. They match up better with the ability to defend Brooklyn than anybody. I mean, they've got all those long-wing athletic defenders. Um, You know, um, Holiday can be good on Kyrie. Obviously, Giannis and and Middleton, some of these guys are great. I, I think they're the best matchup for the Nets. I guess the question is, if Brooklyn's healthy, does it matter? And it starts with if Brooklyn's healthy. If Brooklyn's healthy, then, man, that's tough. As much as they're flawed, man, that is a loaded roster.
0: Absolutely. Good talking to you. A must-follow at Basketball Talk on Twitter. Take care, Kurt. Talk to you soon, buddy. Take care, buddy. pitch swing and a drive to deep right field back on it goes eaten at the wall Good. verdugo goes yard is third of the year and it's nine two red Sox. jt as we continue on right here on raider nation radio it is schedule release day and or night because the schedule release officially On NFL Network from the league is 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m., but a lot of the schedule will be be leaked by then. A lot of people will be looking at it and talking about it, and uh, I'm not comfortable doing that here on the Raiders flagship station. There's only a couple of games that we'll talk about. We talked about Monday Night Football for most of the show, and we'll get to the next game, which is Thanksgiving at Dallas, which is all over. A billion people Have already broken that today, so there's no surprise there. That was a game I expected. I want to go back. I want to go back, and we're brought to you by our good friends at the Henderson Hyundai Superstore, Boulder Highway in Henderson. They have the super deals you're looking for. Buy a car online or just go see Frank at the lot. Go down and see everything that they have for you. Perfect time with kids coming home from college, maybe kids going off to college in August, September. If you're looking for a car, Frank will take care of you. It'll be an award winning Hyundai or any of their luxury vehicles there. The Henderson Hyundai Superstore, Boulder Highway in Henderson. So I wanted to get to before we get to the Cowboy game on Thanksgiving. Opening lines are out for week one. This is courtesy of Bet Online, Bet Online AG. And a couple of lines jumped out at me. And let's start with the obvious one with the Ravens at the Raiders. Total on that game is 51. And the Raiders are getting six and a half points. It's Baltimore minus six and a half. So, look, I don't gamble. I don't bet on sports, but we put a lot of sharp people on the air. And we're building currently a group of individuals that we're going to have on from a gambling perspective every week with our coverage here. There's going to be about five or six people in the rotation every two weeks that are going to give us picks, picks against the spread. Lee Sterling, Bill Krakenberger, Jeff Sherman will join us from the Westgate, some of our regulars, and we're going to add on a few more that I'm working on. That line jumps out at me with the Raiders catching six and a half. It's the first ever game with fans at Allegiant Stadium. It's going to be a madhouse. Baltimore's coming in, traveling, cross-country, long trip. Now, they'll get out here early for obvious reasons week one. Lamar Jackson won't play much, and you're telling me they're going to come in as a six and a half point favorite. I'm telling you that line's going to move. That line's going to move to six, to five and a half, just by Raider Nation betting that game that weekend. This place, Vegas, is going to be packed opening weekend of the NFL. And every Raider fan's going to throw a 20, a 50, a 100, 200 going into Allegiant Stadium on the Raiders to win. I promise you that. It will be enough with small bets to move that line. Now, if I'm wrong, you know where to find me. I'd be shocked if that game goes off at 6.5. Even if it goes off, maybe some of the Sharps now, as they see the numbers today, like the Ravens in that game, and i will push it up to 7. I doubt it. I think that line will come down to Ravens minus 6 or Ravens minus 5.5 just on the Raider Nation betting that game down. Total on the game is 51. So I looked at all the totals opening week. The only totals that are even or higher is Arizona – Playing Tennessee, Titans are a two-point favorite. That total is 51. Dallas at the Buccaneers, week one. That's that Thursday night game. Total on that's 52, Dak versus Brady. Buccaneers are a six-point favorite at home. And then the largest week one totals, the only one bigger than Baltimore Raiders at 51 is, look at this one, Browns, Kansas City. Kansas City at home, five-and-a-half. Kansas City's a favorite. Over-under on that game is 51 and a half. 51 and a half. Uh, Off the board as of today, Green Bay, New Orleans. So I wonder what that number is going to be. So the Raiders, do you think the Raiders can win? Obviously, all the Raider fans think they can win that game. As I told you, for the first hour and a half of the show, I think the Raiders, week one, catching Baltimore is better than week three, four, nine, twelve. 12. If Baltimore's up and rolling, that's one way to spin that game. But I think Raider fans are going to like the fact that they're getting that many points at home at Allegiant Stadium if Allegiant Stadium could spook Harbaugh and Lamar Jackson a little bit. Maybe it doesn't, but I think that number's going to change. All right, let's get to the big game that everybody's talking about other than Monday Night Football. It will be the Raiders at the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. And Thanksgiving, that typically is not a game that any team in the NFL wants. No one wants that game, especially to travel on Thanksgiving, for obvious reasons. The Thanksgiving schedule is a pain in the ass for teams that have to travel, be away from their family, celebrate the holiday on the road, and play. It's never something that an NFL team embraces, but the Raiders will make the best of it. So here's your Thanksgiving Day schedule, Bears versus Lions, Raiders at Cowboys and Bills Saints. So the Raiders are the middle game there. The Raiders will play November 25th at the Cowboys as that's been put out on the internet by a billion people, not a million. So I'm not breaking any news there. Do I like that game? Well, I don't know if the Raiders are going to love that game, but that's a tough one. Cowboys are good. They're improved. I think they'll be the best team on paper in the NFC East. Uh, the Raiders, that isn't a tough trip from Las Vegas to Dallas. That isn't a horrific trip travel-wise. And the Raiders will get an opportunity to play on national television right in the middle of the day. Right in the middle of the day, which will be very interesting. Uh, Three fifteen kickoff in Dallas, as my buddy Johnny Mack texts me today on that game and how excited they are. The Raiders are a good draw, are a great draw in Dallas, and there will be Raider Nation fans making that road trip. So as the schedule is going to be released here, in a couple of hours, Raider fans are going to f- try to find a way to put together a road trip or two, and Dallas will be a big one because it'll be Thanksgiving. It'll be a long weekend. If you are going, you could spend some time out there, but a lot of Raider fans might blow it off because they'd rather be home with their families. The other big thing on Raider road trips this year when the schedule is released with the actual dates and we know who the opponents are is the fact that I don't know how many Raider fans are going to travel this year because a lot of them are going to be traveling to Vegas. And that's the big elephant in the room. I talked to six or seven Raider fans today, including Chris in West Oakland, who lives in Oakland, who's going to fly to Vegas to see his home team play. And that's a road trip. So a lot of Raider fans are going to put out a ton of money traveling from Oakland, the Bay Area, Southern California, driving in, flying in, putting a lot of money into our economy to see the silver and black in Vegas. And that is a road trip. And Vegas isn't going to be cheap. That's why a lot of people today are already booking hotel rooms. Today is a vibrant day in the economy for Vegas with the schedule out and the schedule that was leaked and everybody was looking at some of these dates because they're traveling in, especially fans who are going to be driving in from Southern California, especially L.A., trying to find a way to get their casino hotel rooms and to do all that. So there was only two games that I was comfortable talking about today with the schedule release. Obviously, I know more. But I think having respect for the league and the Raiders to hold back on that and talk about the two games, Monday night football and Thursday night football and what those games mean. I'm expecting, as you know, I said that there'd be four primetime games because I count Thanksgiving being primetime. Sunday night football, I'm assuming a Raider home game on Sunday night football with a division rival. We know they're playing Monday night football and hopefully another Monday night football game on the road. That's about all I'll give there. So I think the league is doing some good things. The league is excited about the Raiders and what the Raiders have. Uh, we covered off on Monday night football and Thursday Thanksgiving. I was born on Thanksgiving. I know what Thanksgiving feels like. For so Thanksgiving feels like football and food, and now it's going to feel like the Raiders playing the Dallas Cowboys. By that time, too, in the schedule, you know where the Raiders will be. On the year. By that point in the schedule, the Raiders will know if they're a borderline playoff team or not, and I'm hoping that's the case. Because after the Raider game on Thanksgiving in Dallas, there's going to be six games left on the schedule. So that will be make or break at that time. And remember the schedule this year for the Raiders on the road, you know, clearly with the Chargers, Denver, and Kansas City, but you got to mix in some tough games. We mentioned the Cowboys. Uh, They'll be at Cleveland, depending on where that game is. They'll be at Indianapolis. At Pittsburgh will be a very tough game, in my opinion. And then they play at the Giants. And we'll know what happens when that game is released on the schedule, where it is, and how tough that game is going to be. I'm optimistic about this schedule as we talk about it today, and you're going to be talking about it tonight, because I don't think the schedule is brutal, depending on the way they set it up. And I think what's going to happen when the schedule is released, and you all know it coming up here if you don't know it already, is going to be how tough that schedule is early. How tough that schedule is early so the Raiders don't get buried in a hole because they open up as a heavy underdog at home against Baltimore. And that's going to be tough. What will the league do to set up the schedule on a short week after Baltimore? Assuming that Baltimore game, Being at home, the first game on the road is after that on a short week. How good is that opponent? Is that going to be a team that didn't make the playoffs or a team that made the playoffs last year? That's going to tell a lot. And then a preseason football, as those dates are not determined, but preseason games for the Raiders will be Seattle at the Rams and at the 49ers. I think I'm safe to say the preseason schedule for the Raiders and the Raiders, that'll be local for them. And obviously for the Raiders to have an opportunity to open up the stadium with a home game and then have a couple of road games before Monday night football will be a pretty big deal. So here's what you do. I'm on my way to the Mike Davis Celebration of Life. And after that, I'll be back. I'm gone tomorrow. Thursday, I'm heading out to New York. I'm going out to New York for a quick week. And I'll be back Sunday for Coaches vs. Cancer. Uh, That event will be at the Park MGM. Very excited about that. To work with Lon Kruger. We're going to raise a ton of money like we do every year. It's always a big event. And then I'll be off Monday and Tuesday with Coaches vs. Cancer. So I'm basically off for a week. I don't consider it all vacation because the New York part will be vacation, mulling back and forth on JetBlue. But then uh, coming back uh, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, I'll be with Lon Kruger those days. And we'll be doing a lot in the community with Coaches vs. Cancer. Big event on Sunday night. I'll be the MC of that event with Sean Farnham from ESPN, college basketball, and that'll be great to catch up with some old friends and do our job as we try to talk about victorious cancer stories and raise money for the American Cancer Society, something I'm very proud of. And then we'll dive into the schedule when we come back next week. We'll take a look at what we got lined up for the summer, the NBA playoffs. Oh, and the Golden Knights. So here we go with the Golden Knights, as you know, the importance of this remaining schedule. Bobby, who's running the show, is going to be running those games, and we've talked about it. This is a big opportunity now for the Golden Knights to finish the season strong before we get into what will be the postseason, and this city is going to rock. This city is going to be electric, as the Golden Knights will be a top seed in the postseason here, depending on how this plays out here down the stretch especially with Colorado, and then the Golden Knights are going to really have to take advantage, take advantage of what happens in the schedule and be ready to play, deal with pressure, and figure out what they're going to do with this goaltender situation. I don't love it. I don't love it. It's going to be a really big-time decision for Peter DeBoer to figure out when he's going to play Flurry and Leonard, how he's going to be able to mix and match those players and do the right thing and ride the hot hand Because in hockey, you got to ride the hot hand and Vegas is going to have to stay hot early. This is a team predicted to go deep into the playoffs to win the Stanley Cup or to get to the Stanley Cup. So it is all out, all out. Hey, I want to thank all of our partners this week that were here for the show, especially Sam and Ash. Go to SamAndAshLaw.com because you deserve what's right. Bell Solar, the premier solar company here in town, our good friends at Remy Martin, where I'll be over at the Remy Martin Bar later on this afternoon with some Raiders business at the Raiders Tavern and Grill for part of the release. I'll be watching the release of the schedule there at 5 o'clock over at the M Resort and Spa. That'll be a lot of fun. So thanks to Remy Martin. Modelo, the official cerveza of the JT The Brick Show, we thank them. Henderson Hyundai Superstore, our good friends at P.T.'s as they fuel the monologue every day. And all of our great friends that jump in with Grimaldi's, best pizza I've ever had. Head on out to Grimaldi's and get some pizza tonight if you're watching the party. Or if you're not at PT's, get Grimaldi's and come on over for the schedule release. It should be a lot of fun with five locations in the Valley. Thanks to all of our guests that joined us today, especially when we look back at once a Raider, always a Raider. We always appreciate that. Think of Mike Davis. A uh, red Wright 88. As we celebrate his life today, with a lot of alumni and Raider staff who are in town, and we'll attend that event, that hopeful, uh, that beautiful event today to celebrate Mike Davis's life. And I'll be back next week. Everybody, enjoy the schedule release. I'm sure Vinny Bonsignor coming up at four is going to do a tremendous deep dive on this. Uh, Vinny will have the schedule, all the exact dates. He'll be talking about it on his show, and you'll get instant reaction on Raider Nation Radio, the flagship of the Silver and Black. Have a great rest of the week. Enjoy that Raiders schedule. Let's get ready for Thanksgiving in Dallas, Monday night football, and when this schedule is released and you see it, I think you're going to be very interested in the strength of schedule, what the Raiders have early, where the bye week is, and how you're gonna navigate through your season with the Silver and Black at Allegiant Stadium. Here we go. Today's the day to celebrate Allegiant Stadium at full capacity and this great Raiders schedule and what's in store for us starting Monday night football, week one of the NFL year, right here on Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. Raiders! Raiders!
1: Raiders! Raiders! All right. Thanks, guys. Have a great day.